0: Well, again, let me say how thankful and appreciative we are that all of you are here. We look forward to a very enjoyable and profitable week with you in the study of the Word of God. There is no more exalting... thing to which we can lend ourselves, dedicate ourselves, than that purpose. To those of you who are new, we are glad to see your faces. We know it will take you a little time to get oriented in this rather remarkable building, but don't worry, You'll after a couple of days you'll begin to feel at home and those who are responsible for the school here will do everything we can to be of help to you. Those of you who have been here before, know your way around, and you will be able to help those who are new here for the first time. We're glad to see those of you whose faces we are so familiar with, here with us again. No doubt, most of us, as we prepare to go to a Bible school each year, and the more so as time goes on, we wonder, as we prepare, if this is the last Bible school we will have an opportunity to attend. It's almost an inevitable thought, the way that the signs of the times are multiplying. Well... Perhaps this is the last Bible school we may have opportunity to attend, this side or in this world order. Perhaps we'll be hearing some more about why that may be the case before this week is over. Be that as it may, it's a very sobering thought as well as a very inspiring one. And this should remind us, this thought should remind us of our position, the position we occupy as a called-out people. It should remind us of the purpose of our calling out and of our destiny, if we are worthy of our calling. Brothers and sisters, and those who are here to seriously study the Bible, we're preparing ourselves for the coming time when those who prove faithful today are to be instrumental in establishing a modified or a certain form of Bible school study throughout the world. A position in which it will be the lofty, an exalted and responsible task to teach the people of the world righteousness. To teach them to know God as well as to fear and to love him. The world needs to be taught that. How, How badly it needs to be taught that. And we here are gathered here for the purpose of fitting ourselves for that task at that time. Is there any higher thing to which we could dedicate ourselves in this life? Hardly. It is the privilege and glorious work of those called out by the gospel today to prepare themselves for such a task. Prophesying to Israel of the future with whom the Lord promises to make an everlasting covenant, God says through Isaiah in chapter 30, verses 18 through 21. And here he's speaking to Israel, natural Israel, who will at that time have the privilege of living in the kingdom as the first dominion nation, as we know. And he says to them through Isaiah, And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait on him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee, At the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the world. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. brethren and sisters, those are the voices, those teachers, and their voices will be heard. And those who are to be those teachers are preparing themselves for that purpose in this day and generation. As in all past generations, may it be our lot to be among those teachers whose voices will be heard saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. We're preparing ourselves here for that very lofty position. Not only will Israel be given such teachers of righteousness, but all the nations who know not God in the beginning will progressively be moved to respond to such instructions as the same prophet speaks to them in Isaiah 2. And this is the response of those who are taught. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. with this certain prospect held out to us. We can think of our Bible school work as well as our home ecclesial studies today as in small measure a training ground for future work in the immortal nature as king priests, co-rulers with Christ and teachers of righteousness. That thought properly pondered and comprehended should serve to remind us of our place as servants of God today of the seriousness the exalted purpose the attitude and demeanor which should characterize and prevail in our assemblies when we come together before the Lord as we are at this moment. On a very serious, impressive occasion long ago, God reminded Israel of old through Moses. And he said, I will be sanctified in all them that come nigh unto me, and before all the people will I be glorified. This is a divine principle of approach to the Eternal Father, which has not since changed in any respect. God seeks for those who will sanctify him, not only in their attitude and outward conduct, but in their hearts and minds as well. We need to ponder this very seriously, brethren and sisters, particularly when we come before him in our assembly for worship and praise as well as in our classes for study and consideration of his word some of you recall we have a hymn that somewhat epitomizes the thought it goes something like this wherever Lord thy people meet there they behold the mercy seat where They seek thee, thou art found, and every place is hallowed ground. For example, when we come together in this room, in a room like this, wherever it may be, when we invoke the Lord's blessing upon us, as was done a few moments ago, from that moment onward during our service, We are in a position to sanctify the Lord in what we do and say. Our prayers, our hymns of praise, the words spoken in exhortation, in admonition, or in exposition should be very consciously delivered and listened to with the thought that God is seeking for His sanctification in all that is said and done. Whenever that is lost sight of, then our service is blighted, however small it may be. But more than that, more than that,
1: when we think of it,
0: we always have on such occasions an unseen listener. Listener. To every word that is uttered. And more than that. One who can comprehend and knows. Every thought. That goes through the mind. Of those present. For our Lord and Master. Has told us. Where two or three. Are gathered together in my name. There will I be in the midst of them. Are we as conscious of that promise as we should be? Jesus is here, listening to us, reading our thoughts as well, and hearing every word that's said. We know that the invisible Christ, our elder brother, has the ability not only to hear the spoken word and to evaluate them in their true worth, and to bless both the speaker and the listener. He also has the ability to look into our minds and into our hearts of each of us as they are directed into the service. It is with this appreciation of God's power that David was moved to exclaim, as he did in the 139th Psalm, a, most, a psalm worthy of great, great consideration and pondering, where he marvels, as he does in verses 1 through 6. O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my downsittings and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And we also should ponder this, and our prayer should be joined with David's at such a time as he closes this psalm, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in a way everlasting. A very vivid consciousness of our position before the Lord, then, should be cultivated. Of his looking into our minds and hearts, of his understanding of our thought afar off, of his seeking for such as Jesus spoke in his remarks in John, the fourth chapter, 23rd and 24th verses, in his words to the woman of Samaria. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We have answered God's search for those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. We come together for that purpose. Brethren and sisters, It is to such an exalted and spiritual service we are called and to which we have dedicated ourselves. So as we gather here for a week of consecrated, dedicated service, of study, of worship, of praise and glorification of his holy name, let us be ever conscious of his declaration, I will be sanctified in all them that draw nigh unto me. It is to this principle our school is dedicated, by which we will continue to seek to serve God with reverence and godly fear. To this end, we welcome each of you to our Kentucky Bible School.